Amen. Thank you, Julie. Morning, everyone. Today is the, uh, the third in a series of uh, talks about God's generosity to us and our response to him, and it's entitled Grace to Give. If we could whiz it to the front computer, Emily, that would be fantastic. Ooh. Grace to Give this morning, looking at uh, those few verses from the end of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 to 21. So if you've got a Bible, you might want to have it uh, open. That would be great uh, as we think about the whole issue of grace to give. It is one of those um, uh, 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 risky topics, isn't it? The whole thing of giving and money because it's a, a bit like, you know, you go to a dinner party and somebody sits opposite you at a dinner party and says, so how much do you earn then? Everything in us kind of goes, you know, you just don't want to respond. So there is always a little bit of tension, I think, in churches when we start to talk about finances because in some ways, you know, the church either talks too much about it or or we don't talk enough about finances. So hopefully we're trying to hit that middle path in thinking about what does it mean to be a generous people, a people that learn to give. And uh, today, the few verses from 1 Timothy 6 give us some insights into Paul's advice to Timothy as a young leader, a guy leading a church um, and uh, responsible for a whole bunch of people. What did Paul say to Timothy that he should pass on to his church? So just in case you are a person that likes maps and likes to know uh, where things are centred, Timothy, whose name literally means to honour God, actually, Timotheos, someone who honours God. So uh, Paul's advice to Timothy was, Timothy, you know, just go with your name, honour God in all things. He's born here in a place called Lystra. He, uh, at the time of this letter, the bit that we've, that Sarah read to us, Timothy is a leader in a church in a place called Ephesus. Um, later, Paul wrote to them as, uh, in the letter, the Ephesians, in the Bible. And Timothy was one of the young men leading that church. He also gets a little bit of a, a glimpse into the Corinthian church because Paul sends him there um, to help out in that church as well. So he's a young guy wanting to follow Jesus, to live passion for following the Lord, but also for being uh, passing on the good news of the message to the church that he was responsible for. In a sense, what Paul's message to Timothy is, is simply this. He was charging Timothy to do these two things, to instruct godly teaching and to live a godly life. And uh, this last few verses, in a sense, focus on what that means to live a godly life in terms of our resources, our time, our money, uh, all of that. Paul is encouraging Timothy with these themes. And so here's three quick thoughts. All the best sermons have three thoughts, and I've only got three thoughts ever, really. So uh, uh, here, are, here are a few uh, quick thoughts. The first one is about redirected hope. So Paul says to Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world. And uh, the the Greek for command literally means uh, command. Uh, I know, uh, statement of the obvious, but uh, Paul is saying, tell the people these things. Teach them these things. Those who are rich. Now for us, rich is a relative term, isn't it? Do you consider yourself to be 
rich. You might say, actually, no. But when we compare ourselves to the 95% of the rest of the world, uh, are you rich in comparison to somebody in a village, you know, 30 miles outside Lagos, uh, or outside Kampala, or in Eritrea? Are we rich in comparison to that? Well, of course we are, aren't we? We are rich in so many ways. The places where we live, the resources that we have, the people that we know, even just the context of the culture that we find ourselves born into. We are rich. And so in some ways, rich is a relative term. Am I rich? Well, in world terms, absolutely yes. The the stuff that I have, the resources, the, the opportunities available to me, We are rich. And Paul says to Timothy, look, command people who are rich, namely us, not to be arrogant and not to put their hope in wealth. You see, for some of the people that Timothy had in his church, and isn't it encouraging to know that Timothy's church had lots of rich people in it? I'm sure Timothy was really blessed by that, really happy. But Paul said, look, remind people that their hope is not to be in wealth. When we place our hope in wealth, it's misdirected. And if we've learnt anything over the last five years with the credit crunch or the credit slam or the credit decade or whatever we end up calling it, um, we've learnt that actually when hope is placed in wealth, there is the potential for things to go wrong. When it becomes the sole focus of attention and gathering resources is just about money, stuff can go wrong. And even in our own lives, when we just place our attention in wealth, things can go wrong. As Murray reminded us last week, we we can't take our finances with us. In fact, the only thing that we take with us is our relationship with the Lord that endures into eternity. What we have, what we gather up here and now, we're not able to take with us. So we've got to use it wisely whilst we're here because um, there's no taking it with us when we finally go. So the redirected hope. Paul says, listen, um, put your hope in God. Place your hope in the Lord. And that would be you know, a common thing that we'd say regularly, wouldn't it? That actually for us as people, we want to be those that put our hope firstly in the Lord, in Jesus. Uh, to meet with him, to respond to him, to invite him into our life. That's where we place our focus and our hope. Not in resources or money or possessions, but in the Lord. Place your hope in the Lord. Why? Well, Paul says, because he richly provides everything. And I don't know whether you spotted this little last little section in this verse. He provides everything, what? So that we might just get by? So that we might be grumpy, old, young, middle-aged men, women... No, he provides everything for what? Our enjoyment. That is a fascinating little phrase, isn't it? That God's heart for us is that we would be full of joy. Enjoyed. We would be full of joy. That when we focus our attention on the Lord, we get full of joy. When we focus our attention just on wealth, well, it heads us in the wrong direction. He provides for our enjoyment. And the bizarre thing is, isn't it, that as we give to God's work, as we give, we're filled with joy. 
as we give, it enables us to have a correct perspective on life. And as we give, we discover that God gives back to us. He provides. That would be the testimony, wouldn't it, in this room today, in this church. People who would say, you know, we gave. And as we gave, God weirdly provided through other people, through family, through circumstances, through another job, through saving me from a job that I thought I was going to get but I didn't and ended up being someone. God provides as we give. So have a redirected hope, not just in the, the pile of cash that is locked away in your bank or underneath your bed or wherever you stash it, um, but a hope that's directed in the Lord, in his direction. Secondly, Paul says about being, uh, command people to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be rich in action, to get stuck in. Last week we had, when Rob Wicks was videoing the church, uh, if you were here, you know, Rob was videoing us, in response to the question, isn't church just about sitting in rows on Sundays, singing songs and then going away again? You all responded, videoed by Rob. No, it isn't. And he's been, Rob Wicks has been sneaking around all over the place with his camera, videoing people just saying those, those words. No, it isn't. It feels occasionally like I'm living in a pantomime. But um, uh, it, it's important, isn't it? No, it isn't. Because at St. Michael's, we believe that faith is, is to be put into action. So yesterday morning, thank you to those of you that were at the preschool and nursery, painting and uh, decorating and cleaning and, you know, Chris and Julie and the guys that were there right the way through the day. Thank you, because it, it is about being rich in good deeds. It's about getting stuck in and making a difference in practical ways. So we're called to be rich in action, being generous and willing to share with people around us. And this stuff never comes easy. I don't know what you're like as a person, but this stuff never comes easy. Being rich in good deeds, being generous and willing to share. I don't know how, how comfortable you find that in your life. This last week or so, I was, um, had a, a window in my day for two hours to have two hours preparation for an evening meeting. It was the only time I had in the day to prepare for the evening meeting. I had a two-hour block, and I was heading home, looking into this two-hour block, thinking, great, I'll sit down in my office, I'll be able to think and plan and prepare for, for this meeting that I had in the evening. When I got home, took my coat off, put my bag down, was ready for a preparation of two hours. The doorbell rang, and this guy was there in his, with his rucksack and said to me, um, are you the vicar? Now, I have to say, there was a response in my head to that question initially, which was basically, no, mate, he's next door. Um, but obviously, I said, yes. He said, have you got some time? And again, the response was actually, no, I don't. But instead I said, yes, I do. And he said, can I talk to you about my situation? And so I said, yeah, okay. So we went across the coffee shop, we sat, 
and we chatted. Um, he'd got off the train at Parkway. It was you know, a variety of issues I won't go into. Uh, and in the end, I said, look, I can't give you any money, but listen, why don't we walk around to Parkway and we'll, we'll get you some food. So we walked to Parkway. We had a chat. I prayed for him. I bought him some food. We sat down. We had a little meal to get. Well, he ate. Actually, I just looked. Um, um, he ate some food. I put him on a train, and he, he headed off uh, in the direction of, of Birmingham, which is where he'd wanted to get to. And how long do you think all of that took? <laughs> so I was going back to my house thinking, thinking, Lord, I'm, I'm going to this meeting tonight and I have, you know, it's going to be a disaster. I haven't, and I felt the Lord say to me, Sai, just do what you normally do, which is just wing it. Um, <laughs> so I did. I, I went off to this meeting and it, and it, was, it went great. It was, it was absolutely fine and just that sense of us being willing us being generous and willing to share not just with the resources that we have but our time and our efforts and our energy as well there is blessing in that I think and Paul said look in this in this way when you're rich in good deeds when you have hope in the Lord and you turn that hope into action when you're willing to share um, you'll be laying up for yourselves treasure in heaven it's what jesus said didn't he in matthew 6 where he said store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rats can't get to it and it's not destroyed and then he said because where your heart is oh so where your treasure is there your heart will be also you see where we place our treasure where we're focused the treasure that we're focused our heart will follow it and so if we're simply focused on wealth and you know money and even the protecting, actually, of our money and resources. When we're simply focused on that, then our heart follows there. When we're focused on being generous and giving and you know, just releasing the resources that we have for wider use, our heart follows. It has, you have a heavenly perspective and your heart just follows with that. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven because, guys, we can't take it with us. So what we get to give away and use here is great because, you know, it gets to stay here. So the better use we can put our resources to now, the better because it ain't coming with us. And then, as a firm foundation, because we may take hold of life. Do you know, giving enables us to take hold of life I find that the more generous I seek to be, the more alive that I become. The more generous with my time and my efforts and the resources, the finances. The more generous we we are, the more we are filled with life. So, redirected in hope, rich in good deeds, and then refocused on grace. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care, Paul wrote to him. Guard what's been entrusted. And no doubt for Timothy, Paul meant the people in your church. You know, guard them, look out out for them, look after them, protect them. But also I, I suspect that Paul had in mind what Timothy had been entrusted with, his own resources, the finances that he had, the way that he lived his life. Guard it. Guard what's been entrusted to your care. And I think the same is true for us. Maybe the message this morning is guard what's been entrusted to your care. You will have gifts and abilities. 
intellect, finances, resources, opportunities. Guard what's been entrusted to your care. Look out for it and look after it. And then Paul said to him, and turn away from opposing ideas. Now, Paul and Timothy, Timothy was encountering in his community a lot of people that were saying that you could, that knowing God was just about knowledge. It was all in the mind, and therefore they were thinking godly thoughts, but their life was not being lived out in a very godly way. And Timothy was being encouraged to counter that by teaching directly into it. But here's some opposing ideas for us. And as we think about generosity and our response to God's generosity in giving, here's a thought that we will all have from time to time. And the thought will be this. Uh, Do you know, if if I give, I won't have enough to live on. If I give, how will I get through this week? Or how will I get through this month? And that is a thought for all of us that we've probably all encountered at some point or another. If I give, how on earth will I survive? And the end product of that thinking is we end up holding on to what we've got. And when we end up just holding on to it, um, we kind of start to become smaller people, actually. Our hearts start to shrink when we just hold on to what we've got. But we all have the thought, don't we? And actually, it's an opposing idea. We want to be generous, to give away what we have, and to be, to be active in that, day in and day out. And then we discover life and hope, and that God's provision flows back to us. So you won't be unusual if you're sitting there thinking, yeah, but you don't know my finances. You don't know my situation. You don't know that I haven't got anything. Um, you know, you don't know the state of my house. You don't know the state of my finances. You don't know what I owe. You don't know the state of my credit cards or my, you know, the, the, the things that, the, the mortgage on my house. You don't know that, Sai. And do you know, you're absolutely right. I don't. And to be honest, I don't really want to. Um, it would be unhealthy, wouldn't it? Um, but what I do know is this, that you're no different from anybody else. We're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat, which is what I've got, I want to hold on to. And I think the challenge of the Lord is what I've got, I'm encouraged to give away. And for myself and and Karen, we've tried to live by that principle in in whatever we get, just giving. Starting with 10% as a basic springboard into generosity and then, you know, above and beyond that, whatever we can give. And it's, it's a challenge, it's always a challenge. And there are always reasons not to give. You know, it might, I could, if my salary goes up a bit, I mean, it never happens in the Church of England. Um, <laughs> once every 300 years, you know, and um, it's going to outlive me. So, you know, this, if our salary goes up a little bit, we could do this, we could do that. We could buy this, we could, but actually God's call is, but, but give. But give. Just give. To do anything else is an opposing idea to the gospel for which we've been called, redeemed, uh, to be a people that give. And so we seek to do that. But we, we struggle as well. 
that sense of, gosh, sometimes it's quite close. You know, you give, you give, you give, and you think, but Lord, the, the fi- there's nothing in the bank. You know, the finances are down, and it's, you, know, you kind of get right to the edge sometimes. And you faithfully give, and then the Lord says, well done, and don't worry, I haven't forgotten you. Sometimes it is close to the wire, isn't it? It is. That's been our experience. If you're finding giving really easy, uh, may I suggest you're doing it wrong. In other words, if you're finding it easy, you might want to up your giving by 20%. Uh, Because actually, what we get, we're called to give. And if we want to hold on to the grace of God in this place, we want to give and give again. And I think, I said at the 9 o'clock service, I think one of the secrets of the success of this church, going back over, you know, decades, is actually a people who will give time, effort, energy, enthusiasm and finances I think that's been one of the hallmarks of St Michael's is a church that seeks to be generous to give away the number of people that have come through the church and have gone off to be ordained or gone off to to lead in other places the hallmarks of generosity are really key and important so turning away from opposing ideas and then here's this uh, and apologies if this is overly blunt um, but, but my, my um, thoughts on, on giving are basically this. Where there's no giving, there is no growing. I, I could show you, you know, 200 Christians over the last 15 years that I've met, and I could, I think, out of 200 Christians who aren't growing, I, I think I could point to 180 of them at least and suggest that not, lack of generosity was part of not growing um, the people that I've met that said yeah but I give in other ways I give my this or I give that or I you know that, that, that's understandable and we're called to do that everybody's called to give their time and their effort and all of that but actually we're called to give when we give we grow because when we give we put our trust in the Lord and when we put our trust in the Lord, we grow. It's a kind of a lovely byproduct, isn't it, of giving. We give because the Lord calls us to. We give generously. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 8, it talks about the Lord loving, um, a hilarious giver. We're called to give hilariously. I know I've said before that I always think gift days in churches should have more of an air of a comedy club about them because we should give hilariously as we laugh and say look it's great bless people with this lord it's fantastic all the things you're going to do as i give Um, we should give hilariously and i think to do otherwise i think it was part of why some had departed from the faith that paul referred to with timothy because they turned to opposing ideas that somehow it was about us and about our wealth and it was ours this and our that and Paul's saying look you know people have departed from the faith because they've picked up these opposing ideas and he wanted Timothy to counter that and we recognise that we're all in the same boat that we need grace to give we need to receive grace from the Lord I would say to you if you're asking my advice this morning and you're not but I'm telling you anyway um, I think it would be this. 
make your first port of call an encounter with the Lord. To meet with him. To invite him in. And then out of that, giving will flow. Don't try and do it in your own strength. You know, I'm here in church this morning and I've got some resources. Let me put some cash in the plate. Um, That doesn't impress the Lord. Actually, we're called to be a people that respond to him firstly. Say, Lord, here I am. I give you myself because you gave yourself for me. I would say that's that's the first port of call. Give yourself to the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm up for it. Come into my life. And then... And then we start to give out of that. And if you're here this morning having given your life to the Lord um, and there are some worries about your finances, give that to him as well. Because we need his grace to enable us to give. His grace enables us to give. He gave for us so that we can even stand here today. And therefore we have the freedom to say, Lord, I I give back to you. I give freely. Freely we received freely we give so listen here's what we're going to do this morning is we have um, opportunity there'll be some of you that won't have um, had the chance to add in your uh, little giving leaflet your gift day form and in a moment we're going to encourage you during our worship as we draw to a close and as we pray for one another there's opportunity during that worship if you haven't yet given your gift day form you can come and add them um, to the pile here and we're really believing God for an increase in planned giving this year and I, I, you know, I think God's going to honour that actually so we'd love you to join in with that within the church so in a moment there's a chance to do that as we draw to a close we're going to in a moment we're going to stand and say something together an expression of faith a response to uh, what God may have been saying this morning and I think it's going to come on the has Emily got it at the back have you got have you got an expression of faith back there ta-da look at that that is that is great we are going to say this together uh, pray it together respond to the Lord with it And then we're going to see where we go after that. Why don't you stand where you are?